going for boost over well i think going for boost if you're a boost merchant like someone like aj or someone you go for boost <laughs> One hundred percent of the time. Yes. Always, every second of every game. Ball's going in your net. Don't worry about it. Go get the boost and make sure you've got the full one hundred to celebrate with the other team. Um, boost over ball is when you're is a good time when your opponent is dribbling towards your own corner and you know it has no threat to go into your net at all and your teammate is behind you for sure if, if all of those align it's better to just take your corner boost let him just dribble in the wall for useless and force him to go back with zero that would be a better time to take boost over ball If you've ever wondered when the best time to go boost over ball is, you've come to the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Over Ball podcast. We'd like to thank you so, so much for listening. Um, we appreciate the rates that you're giving on you're giving us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd ask that you continue to follow us on Twitter and interact. Uh, you're welcome to join our Discord and talk with other people about RLCS, about the podcast, and about anything Rocket League. Uh Today we have uh, with us a special guest. We have Karma back with us uh, to talk everything Winter Split, to talk about her grind, um, talk about Zen and his uh, wacky control binds before you know finally getting into uh, Karma's predictions for the Winter Major, and uh, even talking a little bit of AI. So without further ado, we will jump right into our conversation with Karma. Well, I, I guess I'll start with uh, how's uh, how's your grind been going? I know you were you've been streaming and. Uh, You've been doing some casting as well? Yeah. Yeah, I have been. Uh, the streaming stuff is a work in progress. I, um, you know, I'm not streaming as much as I want to right now, but it's because I have a lot of things going on behind the scenes that um, I can't really talk about. But the streaming thing should be hopefully at least regular soon. Right now, I'm just kind of, I don't really have time. I, I've been dealing with, like, some personal stuff, some health stuff. Um, unfortunately has gotten in the way, but I've still maintained like uploading shorts all the time and um, Twitter clips and, and stuff like that. And that, that has all gone insanely well, like way better than I imagined. But And some TikToks um, too, I saw. Yeah, yeah. So any short form that I've been, I've been trying to learn how to do that and messing around with, um, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, this editor that helps me and i think he's really smart and he does like all the tiktoks in the short form type stuff um and he's just really good at knowing how to name them and um you know like the how to use the clips i give him and stuff like that so it's been really interesting process just learning about like shorts and um that type of content just something when i entered the scene like 15 years ago was totally the opposite of everything they taught you to make and now shorts seem to be the upcoming way that's starting to take over just less and less time per video i guess okay i mean that makes sense well, yeah i mean there's a there's a heck of a lot more content out there than it was 15 years ago so you can't you know if you're taking an hour to watch somebody's thing that's like 50 tiktoks you could have watched instead <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 
So it's a, it's like it's a weird phenomenon. Um, because a lot of the times I find that like what I'm seeing on TikTok isn't even truthful or accurate sometimes, but it has like tons of likes, tons of views. So it, even Rocket League related, like there are lots of just tip videos that I see out there that are just wrong. <laughs> Talking about, I don't know, flips or holding accelerate in the air and like, like, I don't know, just like random things that uh, are true, not true. Like there was a video saying that if you don't hold accelerate in the air, it won't affect your speed. And I just disagree with that. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I think holding accelerate in the air actually matters. I think um, it does as well. Yeah, and there's like, there's this video just like going off explaining like 2 million views about the opposite of that. And it's just, it's weird what, what takes off on shorts. It's just an interesting, what's the word I'm talking about? Not a topic, but it's an interesting section of content. I don't know what the correct phrasing is. I want to say ven I want to say yeah genre is probably a good one or I was gonna say venue or like mode of content but I don't know if that's right. Yeah, genre is what I was looking for. Yeah, I, the short form is so interesting because like uh, it used to be I don't know I feel like it used to be that like the, the internet was about like putting out very high quality and everything and you can find a lot of quality at, in short format for sure but it's more it seems more now like everybody just trying to get like trying to attract as much of the attention pool as possible no matter what no matter what you're actually putting out and it's kind of interesting how that's that's changed because you see stuff like these completely off base uh and unreal uh facts i just air quoted on a podcast i'm really good at this <laughs> 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 um but yeah you know what i mean like i mean i saw i saw this tiktok thing that was like you can like i forget what it was like you can grow fruit out of a cactus by merging them together and duct taping them i'm like that that doesn't seem right so you know i'm not like a master gardener by any means but i don't <laughs> think you can just hodgepodge cactus together in your tupperware and put it in your fridge or whatever the heck it was but yeah yeah it's 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 an interesting genre and I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it develops because I don't I don't know long term if shorts are sustainable because I feel like you can only do a certain amount of content in a short amount of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's oh. good for like clips or like small updates, but I, I don't know. I, I always find myself gravitating towards like fully full length YouTube videos, but maybe I'm the outlier. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, right? Mm hmm. I view TikTok as like a meme finder. So, like, when I want to laugh, I just try and scroll through TikTok till I find some funny videos. But See, when I, I actually want to watch something, like, I don't know, when, you, when you're eating or like something to enjoy, I can, I never go to short form stuff at all. I would tend to agree. But, I mean,. It, it seems to be working for people. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of Rocket League content creators were talking about the power of TikTok. Like I know Athena, like forever ago, was talking about that's like the the fastest way to grow your platform is through like YouTube Shorts through TikTok because it's like easily consumable, right? So if you have like five minutes to spare, you'll go on TikTok, but you're not going to like start a YouTube video that you're not going to be able to finish. So I see the value in it, but I don't 
I, I prefer the full length videos. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you there. I, I like the stories and getting invested in um, series like HBO does, like just with The Last of Us. Like I like long form stories like that, like a bunch of mini movies that are all one. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that format. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it has something to do with like when like growing up on TV, right? Like the you know your show comes out every Wednesday at like nine p.m. or you know whatever it ends up being where you like you know you're watching tv at that time to to get to see it and it's like you're invested in the series whereas now kind of everything just gets uploaded most of the time all at once mm-hmm. but who knows i don't know i just I, I use tiktok as a way to make it so i never have to think my thoughts so it's like oh i have a free moment let me hop on and and watch cats or whatever it is I find, you know what I mean? Like, so the short yeah. format is, is I spend most of my time on it, but that's not intentional. It's more of, oh, I'm going to watch a couple little things and then hours gone by. Yeah, that's if, the dangerous thing of it. Oh, heck yeah. It's so good at it too. Because like, oh, I didn't realize I was into, you know, ancient Roman history. Thank you, ancient Roman history talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and you just, time goes by so fast on stuff like that and, it's dangerous. But it's also why it's such a good platform for growing your audience. Because, I mean, it's for one, it's it's still kind of new. It's not one of these established places where most places already have their audience. I mean, I wouldn't say settled. But for the most part, if you, you know, on YouTube, I'm not really seeking out new YouTubers, right? If I come across one, maybe. But the shorts, the shorts on both YouTube and in TikTok have introduced me all kinds of new content creators that I've never seen before because of how quick they are. You can quickly run through and you run into new people. Exactly. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think at least I've found a lot of success through TikTok, YouTube and uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook's a surprising one. I, I didn't. I kind of just did that, um, because, I don't know. It seemed like blue, blue ocean, red ocean. I don't know whatever one, red ocean. I think, um, where it was just you know, I, I'm an older player. Facebook has like somewhat of an older audience, and, um, because you know I'm the oldest. I mean, me, me and Chrome are like the oldest pros. I think we're the. I'm the first pro to reach 30 so i was like okay facebook you know that could be an audience that is something that would like what i'm doing just because i am a little tiny bit older than the average player um and facebook has like that more mature audience and um it's facebook's been a huge surprise like facebook has been more successful for me than instagram um even youtube in in some some respects uh with how much it's been growing. So that is like really what caught me off guard and it's pure reels. Like I don't do anything else. I just upload all my short form stuff to Facebook and um, it's going great. Love it. That's so, so funny. The college that I, that I coach for, they post like for esports. they post on Facebook reels and that's what takes off too. like more than anything else. It's just, it, mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was just like an outlier, but maybe there's, that's just like, the way it works with Facebook now, I have no idea. Well, yeah, I, um, 
Go for it. Oh, I, so I have a question about actually Facebook Reels. Um, whether there's a specific way that the Reels on Facebook work that that absolutely just uh, steal my attention, and that is they play just a little bit of the reel as you scroll by, just enough to get right to the, like the the main point of the video, and then it stops, and so you have to actually click on it to see the rest. So it's you know it looks like somebody might be about to fall, or who knows what's gonna happen. So you gotta click if you actually want to see it. Are, oh, when see. you are posting, do you choose that moment or do, is it all algorithm based? Does it automatically do that for you? Um, I don't choose the moment. The only thing that I choose is what the image on the first frame is. So okay. what I do is I purposely add basically like a thumbnail on the the beginning of my videos. Um, where like in the video, I put a thumbnail in the first second or 30 seconds where like you can read on the video before you click it. Like there's text where you can read what's going to happen in the video. Uh, and then fantastic. Yeah. And then that automatically will choose because right now shorts don't let you choose the thumbnails, but Facebook does let you choose the frame. So if you like in, in the video, you edit a certain frame the way you want it, you can choose what frame it picks for the title. So in a way, yes, but at the same time, no. Like YouTube does not allow me to do that. YouTube just auto picks a thumbnail and uh, you don't have a choice. Interesting. I feel like in, in terms of shorts, I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. That's At least for me. Yeah. I wonder why they chose to do that, because that seems like a it seems like you would want people to be able to pick the thumbnail. I don't know. That seems like a mistake. YouTube. Yeah. Are you listening I, to this giant podcast right now. <laughs> they could. They could be. Um, like you could be able to pick a thumbnail after you upload it, or like change it. But I just feel like when you upload, it just auto takes like the first few seconds of the video, and that's what makes it your thumbnail. So it's it, it's a little different. I actually kind of like the way Facebook does it. I think their UI is a little confusing um, when you first get on there, but like in general, I think um, Facebook is doing, at least for me, it's, it, I thought it was going to be a waste of time and it is absolutely not. Um, so really seems like a thirsty market for Rocket League. Yeah. Well, I mean, I never thought I'd say <laughs> Facebook gaming <laughs> did not, uh, did not do so well. So maybe they're trying something different. Mm. Could be. I I just think there's no one on the on the platform really for Facebook, and I know there's no pros. I know I'm the only pro on there. Um, there's like a few other SSL players, um, like Mizu, who's on Facebook in entirely. Um, there's another one named Zekel who's on Facebook entirely. These guys are like, I think they're like SSL players. So you know, there's some you know really good players up there but like for pro content there's zero and i wouldn't even i mean like i'm not even comparing myself to current pros uh like at the top of rlcs right now like they there's none of that like 0, 0.0 um just because i don't think any of them even use facebook or have an account i don't know how the young people view it <laughs> you know yeah I, I unfortunately couldn't couldn't help you there I mean, I have Facebook. 
I don't know how most of it works though, so I can't I can't help you there either. But I need to get you added because I want Rocket League content in my feed. That seems way better than what it gives me. Yeah, the 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 Facebook content is questionable right now. Uh, at least some of the stuff I see out there. But, <laughs> me too. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think um, they might be onto something with the way that they're, at least for the Rocket League stuff, it's just been a complete shock. Like each reel I upload gets 100,000 views almost. Um, like almost like 50, I mean, you guys can, even if you want to just go to the page and look, you can see the views on the reels. Like it's an insane amount for someone who I, I've only been uploading for two months. Um, and I, you know, I have been uploading every day and like, I, I reply to people's comments and everything like that, but it's just the growth from that website is totally, totally unexpected from me. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. But I also, I saw, I, I tuned in a little bit to some of the, like, Widow's uh, Women in Rocket League Cup. Mm-hmm. You casted for that. Did you enjoy casting for that? Yeah. Yeah, it was, um... It was an interesting event because I've never like I've never cast Rumble before. So or like anything, um, not that it was casual, but it wasn't, you know, competitive standard 3v3 like I'm used to playing, um, which is what I commentate normally. So it was definitely I was nervous the first day because I felt like I didn't understand what cadence I should bring, you know, because I'm usually like the sweaty analyst. Who's like, oh my god, this rotation and this touch and da 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 da. Like, he's late because of this bump attempt. And like, I'm really good at breaking stuff down. But in Rumble, it's really hard because there's power ups going everywhere. And, um, you know, these teams were formed, you know, that day or the day before. They're not comp- formed competitive teams. It's like a cool way to combine the women's pro scene with, um, you know, some women creators and kind of create and foster that community. I think it did like an excellent job at that. Just from a commentating standpoint, that type of environment, I'm not used to. I'm used to like the sweat, the, you know, um, high level RLCS stuff. And uh, the creator cup with Rumble is definitely something that took me some getting used to. <laughs> I mean, I, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I thought you guys had, a great job i thought it was a really well put together event it was kind of yeah cool to see something a little bit different than like your normal like standard 3v3 or you know even 2v2 to an extent so i mean it, it's rumble in and of itself you, like sunless has done some videos on it like the, about the rumble pros and it's an impressive game mode especially if you know what you're doing especially if you're a high level player so i it, it was fun to watch and i, I thought it was a, a cool event yeah, I completely agree. I think Widow did a great job. Um, she made the commentating really easy as well. She had so much. She has so much energy, and uh, I. One of the things I think I struggled with the most as a caster is I turn a little bit robotic because I am. I do have a mathematical brain, like an engineer type brain. So sometimes I just let that take over, and I'm so focused on breaking down and explaining and solving the problem as to what went wrong that I I start speaking monotone i don't have intonation and and you know casting is um there's so many intricacies to it that you don't really think about until you start watching or pairing with you know uh people who do that or or are, are very good at it and um 
you know, you really realize it's it's a lot more than just breaking down the game and talking. There's a cadence, there's a charisma, there's a lot of factors that go into being on camera that, um, you know, the casters and um, even some of the players that sometimes just make it look easy. And it's really difficult. Yeah, no, I, I have, you know, casted a f few matches in my time as well uh, for collegiate stuff, but I, I, you did a fantastic job. It, I, you, you didn't seem to come off robotic or anything like that. They're monotone to me. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Is uh, casting something you're trying that you would enjoy doing more, or is that kind of something that you're like, you still like playing more, but casting is, is fun too? Yeah, I mean, I would love to be casting. I, uh, you know, I have, you know, would love to be with Sonics working in RLCS if they'd had me, of course. I think that is a lot of, you know, players who don't play competitively currently that would love to do if they're interested in being an analyst. Because, I mean, I was an analyst before I was a player in Rocket League. Um, and uh, I, you know, I had the privilege of working with Corey. And it was mainly psionics back then um, and Murdy. And uh, there's been a lot of changes since I did that. Like they have Epic now um, owning things. And I don't know how that changes, you know, um, in terms of like budget and, you know, they've hired a lot of talent, you know, and they're all, they're all so talented and it's just, it's tough. Like, yes, I would love to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm, understand that they have a, a very large talent desk and as much as i would like to be there uh you know might be a little too late <laughs> who knows but no, uh, if it ever became a possibility i'd love to yeah that makes sense i mean hey just think stacks uh when we talked to him he's like what's the worst that they could say no like mm -hmm. just exactly. ask um <clears throat> as far as playing i'm definitely open to playing again um i've been you know I don't like to really look for any options or talk about anything until I get to a place where I am uh, as a player comfortable to pursue that because I realize like right now I'm not close to how I was at all. Um, you know, when you stop scrimming and you take breaks like I have, uh, you, you get very rusty and, you know, I no doubt that, you know, any pro, I think former at a game can come out of that and like relearn because you've you've already gotten to that point before. It's just, you know, about doing it again and having the discipline to do, you know, understand what's changed, what what makes you win now, what compared to like your old formula, what habits you need to get rid of, need to form. So yes, I'm interested in playing. However, it's, you know, it's a work in progress and I wanna be first and foremost comfortable with myself before I ever possibly pursued that again, just because like I said, right now I'm not comfortable with how I am as a player, and um, you know I I really want to focus on Im improving, getting to where I'm at before I considered competing again. Fair. I mean, it, I think that's a valid point, and I mean I've seen your gameplay. I'm not a pro, right? But it's still all impressive. So, I, just ah. like just like anything else, <laughs> time and dedication, and anybody can kind of get where they want to be. Kinda, I would agree. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like, if you're 
just picking up a game for the first time and you literally didn't do anything else and you had the dedication to, to, to put in, you know, 60, 100 hours a week, something like that, I think you could do it. But not everybody has that kind of capability or the fortitude yeah. to be able to do that kind of stuff. Half of it's a mental battle, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the, the mental aspect. That's like, like uh, Lachlan, um, some, like, there's a lot of uh, coaches now who are more like on the mental side of things it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of esports in general not not just rocket league so and it's also difficult like um you know if i wanted to go pro i would need or not need but prefer like support like you, you with the way that the current rlcs system is set up like you can't just be a bubble team anymore there's not it's not really financially possible and um you know like 30, most 30-year-old people cannot afford to just sit around for months at a time hoping they win a qualifier. So, like, it's not... It's also not something that is super practical unless uh, you have an avenue to, you know, get that support or uh, something to that effect just because... I mean, unless you have, unless you're well set off in life already, just chilling at 30 years old doing nothing is not, it's not very productive. Uh, if you guys try and understand what I'm saying, like it, the, I'm talking about like the time requirements. It right. May, like the older you get, the harder it is to put the time in. Yeah, and also it's not like, about skill. It's more about like, it's it's more about livelihood and support. I think. Yeah, and also the older you get, the more like responsibilities is the only word that I can think of to, to describe it, right? Like you got your own place to live. You got to, you got to get food for yourself. Like you got to have a place to live. You got to have insurance. You got to have, you know, a car, car payments, gas money, like all that stuff where, you know, if you're younger, you still live with your parents. You don't have to necessarily pay for as much stuff. It's less stressful to not have support and to try and go for it and win like those qualifiers. But like, as you get older, that's just not an option. Exactly. Say that again. You're also forgetting naps. I'm, <laughs> I'm near 40, man. I need my naps. <laughs> that takes time out of the day. <laughs> Are you a napper? I'm not a napper. I'm not a sleeper. So, like, I don't really sleep at night. I just kind of just oh, nap damn. multiple times throughout the day. I, I sleep only, like, uh, I don't know. I think I got three hours last night, which is usually, that's a little lower than normal. I'm about, like, five to six. And then I'll nap. Three hours a night, dude? That's just last night. It's that's not normal. Normally, it's like five to six hours. I don't sleep very much. That's crazy. Gotcha. Yeah, last that's tough. Yeah, you know, I laid down and I was not going to sleep, so I played Rocket League. <laughs> that's what I used to do, and I couldn't sleep as well. Still Heck do. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you just get so mad you have to go to sleep. That's that's the yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> how it is yeah but um also while we're still talking about you i wanted to ask about uh your your podcast your show uh off the post mm -hmm. uh you and Kronovi, i really like that combination I, I i really enjoy the commentary and my like rocket league brain not as in depth as yours, but works in a similar way. So I, I really enjoy your like your very detailed analysis, the way you break things down. It 
like really resonates with me. It makes a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's what we want. We wanted to bring, um, you know, that post game show type of vibe where you know we're talking about the analytics, what just happened in the game, and um, recapping with highlights. And um, our producer does a really great job, and you know, um, Christine and Sleegy they share the production side of things, but. Like we have, you know, like video rolling in the background, like B-roll of the series. And um, I think Cam or Crow has done just an awesome job this last year with his you know, ability to grow um, the way he, you know, approaches conversations or analyzing things. I think, you know, in the past year, since we've been doing the show, he's been doing such an awesome job at just like improving each time and, and getting better and really focusing on um you know how we break things down how we speak how we interact with the camera and stuff like that and that was kind of the whole like the whole point of the show was that we we just wanted to make basically a spot where the community could go to after rocket league and just talk about their favorite teams um the results and break things down in an analytical type of way with callers live and um basically like old school radio um bring like that type of feel to esports was the idea and we love it it's it's been tough to uh coordinate everyone because we don't have a sponsor so like it's hard to herd cats uh every single day after rlcs without you know getting paid because people have stuff to do on the weekends and they have lives so like that part of it has honestly been the most difficult but um the consistency like sometimes guests cancel like players will just cancel or guests we have last second that you can't really change or you know one of our producers you know has to go into work that day or work late or like stay and work overtime you know those types of things become issues or but, someone you know, works till those or someone works till eight o'clock at night <laughs> yeah just try and deal with those the best you can you know and but when you're running the post game show and you need to be there at a certain time every single time like it's really difficult without you know a sponsor or the ability to pay everyone which i would love to do but i mean it's 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 extremely difficult um like it's hard to maintain that consistency it just you know there's some people have stuff going on and the ability to have to be there every single time after RLCS. I can do that and I'm committed, you know, but um, other people who, you know, my, our producer works with NBC or formerly with NBC now with Channel 5 WBUR, I'm not sure, um, ABC pretty much. So like she, you know, has a real job with a real schedule and like can't always make it and um, just those types of frustrations. Uh, are pretty much the only thing about the project that I don't like. Otherwise, I would agree that I'm really happy with the show and I like how it's continued to grow and our conversation. I think we get better every time and I appreciate the sentiment because it's something that a lot of work went into before it was announced and then, you know, there there were um, all this stuff going on behind the scenes that fell through that we had plans for and We've just been trying our best to make it work since, and um, I think it's been going great, other than those little frustrations. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm a big fan of the show. I think that you guys have done a great job. It's it's only gotten better, like you said, as as you've gone along, and that's something that I certainly look forward to after after our after a weekend of ROCS because you know I'm a nerd for Rocket League and I I just watch all the content <laughs> I can. Um, so I, I appreciate that there's different kinds of content out there for people that uh, kind of resonate with me. I'm also that's I'm glad you like it, and that was the goal. Right, is we just want to try and bring something new that Rock League doesn't have. Because um, there's a lot of people making shows, and, and they're all great. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to make, you know, just a normal show like everyone else. This one was supposed to be specifically post-game, specifically different, have B-roll, have production, be, like, really finely tuned. Um, and so far, I think, you know, everyone's been doing a great job. We're happy with it. That's awesome. But I have one more topic before I jump into kind of the, the winter split and some of your thoughts on that. Um, okay. <laughs> but there's a lot of people talking about Zen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard about like his controls and yeah. like his air roll binds and stuff. And for, for people who don't know, Zen has his uh, directional air roll, which I believe for Zen is air roll right. Uh, he has it bound to his left trigger. Left. Oh, he has arrow left. Okay. L- arrow yep. left, left is bound. Left is on the break. Yeah. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. he uses that kind of as like a dynamic air roll. And, I mean, it, it. people are trying it. It seems to be working for him. He, sweat, he was dominating the, the 1v1 show matches on Johnny Boy's stream until Rawas beat him. But, oh my god, he's 15. He's maybe one of the best players in the world and hasn't even played an RLCS match yet. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> technically, not a not a real one. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't he just about to come off a ban for playing on somebody else's account? <laughs> yep, technically he hasn't 16, played his own. I think. He got banned for a year, so I think he's 16. Yeah, that's you're right. That's why Vitality signed him. you get him. banned a year of eligibility. Yeah, so you get banned when you're eligible, so he, he has to be... Getting close, oh, I think. I think still a baby. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> is he el- he? I don't think he. I don't know when he's eligible. Huh? He's eligible for the spring split. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was like just after the the major or if he was technically eligible <clears throat> to play in the major. No, he can't play in the major. Gotcha. Uh, um, he has to wait till this split. So. Okay. But so, do you? What do you see? I don't, I don't know how much of the ones matches you've seen, but what do you notice about his gameplay that kind of differentiates him from some of the other people that are kind of dominating the ones ladder right now? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, it's, it's his control. Obviously I think he's, you know, with his level of control and, and his level of consistency, it's just something the players haven't really had to deal with before. Um, you know, that, that's kind of like, you had players kind of like that, like Evo come up and, uh, Dries and, um, these players. And I think what the difference between Zen and those types of players is literally that he's in Europe. Um, I, I thought this talk on our podcast a lot about how I think NA, uh, like it, it has been plagued by, you know, individualism and solo plays and 
uh, this top trickle down effect that for some reason you have to, you know, play like, uh, I don't know, first killer beast mode all the time to be a successful team. Like all three, you have to do that. And, um, you know, it's just not the case. And I, I think that you see that like permeate throughout ranked in Rocket League. Uh, ranked, threes, um, and it's just led to this horribly defensively minded region. Um, and I think Zen coming from Europe is kind of everything because in Europe you don't get away with, um, you know, the things you get away with here. There's a, there's a lot more punishing for positional mistakes in Europe. Um, positioning is a lot more important, you know, challenging early, staying in the play, stuff like that. Where it's like in NA, there's a lot of like, ah, eh, I'll go for my solo play and he better save it and then he'll go for his solo play and then I'll go for mine and like, um, you know, Europe is, I think, the play style-wise, a lot more conducive to consistency and elevating players, you know, to a new height. Like, I, I would always pick a Middle Eastern or European player to be the next, you know, insane, insane player to me, just for those reasons. Um, you know, just I think NA's play style overall is just worse than Europe, and it kind of always has been. Fair. So then that, I mean, that, that kind of like links right into my next topic, which is super nice. So two, two things come to mind with that one. First, um, maybe that, you know, that, that could be a, a major reason at why Gen G has had so much success. The focus on team play, the unselfishness, and the, the one extra pass uh, that seems to just throw a wrench in anybody's defense apart from FaZe Clan this split. But um, that's I maybe that's why Genji's had so much success. But secondly, I mean, uh, a super mechanical team like uh, like a Team Liquid, um, almost. I mean, they still have some of the passing plays, but they have a lot of those solo mechanics too that you see. So mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit like two ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, yeah. I think Liquid is like um, I think Europe is going through this phase where. You know, you have a, a lot of young, younger mechanical players who are starting to learn how to play and rotate and make the decisions that the top, top level teams do, that their mechanics now make them better than all the other pros that have become before them, because now their mechanics are consistent enough to make, um, you know, their opportunities and, you know, the plays that they used to go for and mess up uh, a threat and be consistent and, you know, it's, it's on the pros now that are in there to understand that, you know, the future is what you're already doing with more control, with more mechanics. It's never going to go back to being, you know, this positional only game. Um, mechanics are, you know, pretty consistently being put on display and, you know, the ability to take any ball and manipulate it into a scoring chance or how often you can actually get something, you know, any ball at a given moment on target is kind of, I think, where it's heading towards. And, you know, that's part of what makes Zen so dominant to me is how consistently he's able to get all of his touches and plays and moves that he goes for on target that require a save. That, like, you can't counterattack off of it. You can't uh, maintain possession off of it. He's forcing you to. Uh, make a tough save a lot of the time and just continue going in over and over and over again, forcing, you know, that tough save until you just can't make it. 
And he's so consistent that it's, it, you eventually just can't defend. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's impressive to see. I know um, FaZe is a little bit like that, so I'm going to talk about some of the some of the bigger teams in NA. Um, FaZe has, especially these past two regional events, have been suffocating teams in the offensive end. Uh, boost steals, pad grabs, um, just maybe not always the flashiest mechanics, but, you know, the, the team passing and just suffocating offensive pressure has allowed them to just, for lack of a better word, just dominate. Do, do you kind of find the same thing or? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I haven't watched the replays, so I, I'm not as confident with my answer as I want to be. Um, but I think, you know, phase is implementing, um, this two two defensive one chaser type style where they kind of just have first killer go off on a leash <laughs> and typical um sorry go off the leash and typical mist just kind of work in a tandem um and simultaneously you know boost star be there for shots be there for passes support everything cover everything and just allow first to be this uh playmaker disruptor where all he has to do is just beat players when he's on the ball which he already does naturally and they're just stacking waiting for that opportunity to come and they're uh creatively creating chances like there were times where first killer would go and typical would go but first killer would listen and just leave it and they're both in the air and it looks like first killer is going to be the one to shoot it but typical is also in the air right behind him he's the one that shoots it and you know, th those types of things when you play as fast as FaZe do, uh, that's going to catch people off guard for a long time until you start getting used to that those plays. And, um, you know, they're exploiting what I think is NA's major weakness, and that is um, lack of challenge game. NA just sits back and doesn't know when to challenge and just waits till you get to the net. Um, I think that's, like, very symptomatic from twos. And I think in you know in the threes game you can't allow phase that amount of time you have to learn how to challenge on pads and you know um not go for every single thing against phase etc so it's going to be uh interesting to see how long phase continues the reign because this is now two in a row which is huge to me for them because they're always usually a one and done uh and for, so for two times now that they've just back to back dominated you know, that that's the best phases ever looked, my and, opinion. I mean, our our joke, ongoing joke, kind of was fourth clan, um, after mm -hmm. that first regional win, semifinals and done, like you said. But they, you know, two regionals in a row, they take first spot in the group. They, you know, look dominant in the two regionals that they did win, and um, you know, Gen G, especially the in the Invitational, they miss out on their first grand finals. So, but the the challenge. The, the challenge game that you bring up is an interesting point. So I, I kind of, like, my first thought is back to uh, Worlds last year uh, for the grand finals with uh, G2 and BDS. And, you know, I, we were, we were fortunate enough to be there, and, you know, you watch G2 are, you know, pretty dominant the entire event, especially into playoffs, especially into Championship Sunday. They looked incredible. And they run up to BDS in the in the grand finals and fall apart. 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. looking back on it, you know, their run was um, through some some not, like, incredible teams, but, like, I mean, you look at it, they play phase, they play version one in the playoffs, their wins in the in the group stage. Um, they didn't do the group stage because they just qualified straight in for second. Uh, right, they didn't have qualified to, straight in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase? No, uh, G two. Oh, G two. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they beat Optic. They beat Furia. They beat Version One. They beat Phase. So they didn't play any. NA teams or any EU teams until the grand finals. And especially last year's BDS, dominant 50s, dominant challenges, and then Monkey Moon doing what Monkey Moon does off of challenges and making people look look stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think NA, I want to see how FaZe does against Europe. Because I I think that Carmine is the best team in the world. Um, I think Oxygen has potential to get up there um, when they're all on. But right now, for me, I think Carmine is just leagues above. Because um, I thought Gen.G was with them. And when Gen.G is playing well, I think they are. Because, again, they understand that European playstyle better than you know anyone in NA, for sure. And, you know, Carmine try to play like, or they try and play, they pretty much play like each other. Where they, you know, sit at midfield and one covers, one covers possession, one covers release. And, you know, they just continue circling until they have boost control and then they just start solo playing on you, bumping on you. And, uh, you know, their midfield control is just the best. And seems like uh, Gen G are going through a weird time right now. They're not playing the way they were. I don't know if, um, you know, there's some internal stuff going on or, you know, attitudes or players. It could just be an off month. You know, I'm confident that Gen G will figure it out. I think, you know, because the play style they have is not complicated, you know, to them. To them, I will say. It's not complicated. And I think that they'll be able to figure it out. And when they do, they're, you know, they are still that insane team despite, you know, not having success recently they're the type of team they're the only way team that i think plays like the most consistent way to win series in na right now um other than the phase that we've seen the last two weeks because they're easily all you know i think when you play a european team who doesn't who isn't aligned right and just was is having a bad day that phase team is going to go all over you but if you're playing against a you know a well a well-knit well-sound structural European team at LAN. Um, I want to see if FaZe can maintain the same success because I don't, you know, I, best on best, I favor the European style. That midfield style more than, you know, first killer, go get him. We'll, we'll, we'll watch the back. Yeah. And... It's a lot more complicated than that for the record. I'm just... Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah. it's it also like that you look at the EU play style and it's... I feel like the word I'm going to use is not right, but uh, it's more repeatable, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you could have the same results in 
you know, like Carmine, for example, right? So, like, you know, their midfield is their midfield game is very strong. Their challenges are very good. They steal boost, and any one of them can solo play on you. Whereas yeah. you look at someone in NA like V one, right? Like, especially this last regional, like the, this 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 split in particular, the the game plan has pretty much been, you know, do some demos when you can, bump when you can, torment, play defense. Okay, we need some goals. Beast mode, go do beast mode things. Like, it, you just got to get lucky. He's got to be better. He's got to be faster. Like they they're relying on him solely to to kind of start the offense, whereas a Carmine Corp, a phase of this, you know, the past two regionals, they can all do it. But the mechanics and the ability that like, you know, a Vatira, uh first killer, it just only in- increases the level of the team, but it they can do it in a way that is repeatable. Yeah, I just also feel the attitude and the culture is a huge factor. I mean, these French players are obsessed with becoming the best. They're obsessed with winning. Um, you know, they're not afraid to leave teams. Uh, they believe in themselves and uh, will just join, you know, where they want to go. And I don't, NA, like, I, I don't get the same sentiment from a lot of top NA teams. And I, I don't know, maybe that could just be the, it's like, I'm, I could just be off. It just feels like, you know, in NA, players do want to be the best, but it's if they, you know, get the clips and are the ones scoring and, like, you, you know what I mean? Um, the Diversion 1 situation, you know, I think that's a little unfair just because Com was kicked for yeah. two days before yep. roster lock and then said, oh, no, wait, no, you're not kicked, actually. Um, and Carmine had the best, arguably, the best player in the world leave his team and purposefully join that one right so i think like in terms of environment and mentality entering the season i mean carmines is going to be through the roof compared to you know a version one who clearly i don't i'm not trying to flame version one i don't know like why they would do that um i understand the the want for for rise if he's an option he's an exceptional player but i mean the kid was on vacation i mean that's just like i don't know um i'm not you know i'm not trying to be a hater but like when the kid's on vacation and he finds out that he and he's not even home he's trying to relax and then after all that he gets home and freaks out and then you're like oh no wait can you come back it's just uh he's i'm sure he's handling it as professionally as he can yeah um but you know that is that is that is tough that's really really rough and I don't know what the environment was like this split because of that or anything like that, but I'm sure it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah. And then, you know, speaking of environments, we have the same kind of thing happening with Magic Bear from Optic, but mm-hmm. um, I, I have to ask, I've had it in the notes, uh, the Dream Run f- from Optic <laughs> yep. fell just short. It was like, we, we talked about, we've talked about it before on the show, but it was like, Optic win the event and eight other things happen and all of the things fell their way and they just could not figure out a way to 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 make it happen for them. It's unfortunate that they weren't able to 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 figure it out, but oh hmm. my, that was very very entertaining to watch. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always always fun it seems like rattles is always on these cinderella run teams um he or at least he's good at creating the story like he is uh and like getting people interested and 
Yeah, the Optic Squad is the same situation I, I felt for Magic Bear. Because yeah. um, it was going to be I, Calm that takes Magic Bear's spot, and then Magic Bear would yeah. have been the odd man out. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, and it was only after one split. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Optic's defense, and I think Magic would admit this too, he did not, you know, perform uh, the way he would want to, uh, specifically in a few of those games, I'm sure. Um, just as, you know, I'm sure Rettles and AJ felt the same way. You know, I think Magic is, um, you know, a talented player. And it was nice to see him finally break through and get that top four. He's been, you know, struggling to get to that top four scenario. And he finally got a taste there. And I think if he if he wasn't rattled and he had more time, I, I just think the environment matters nowadays. And with the way players are and with, with how cutthroat the, the qualifier system is now, you know, uh, it's really important to know that your team is a safe environment. Your teammates have your back and you're not going to get cut at any freaking time for no reason while you're on vacation. I mean, that's... I think that's stuff that needs to be addressed by organizations contractually and stuff like that. Maybe Psionic stepping in and saying, like, listen. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, in Com's defense, he took a break during a trade window, you know? So yeah. but you know, I, there is a period of time that you know that you can get replaced. <laughs> so I, I, I got to do it as a podcast host, right? I'm, I'm sure you understand. But the last time we talked to Karma, we talked about this in depth about, you know, things, protections that could be put in place by organizations through contracts, mm -hmm. things like that to help protect players so you don't get uh, dropped on vacation and so you don't end up like Oli uh, kind of out out in the yeah. cold for the split. But, I mean, speaking of transfers, have you heard any of the Daniel to V1 for Torment rumors? Um, I have. I, uh, I thought that that was kind of, um... Well, instantly when I saw it, I was kind of just disappointed. Because, of course, it's Torment. Like, they try and get rid of Calm, and then, of course, the next split, it's someone else. Um, which, you know, I, I don't know. I, the things don't make sense. Like, if you wanted to replace Calm, you know, wh why now all of a sudden Calm is not the issue? But you were going to get rid of him before. So now two, two splits later, or, yeah, two regionals later now, he's not the issue now. Torment's the issue. Um, and it's just, it doesn't really make sense um, from, you know, the outside looking in. I have no, like, I, I don't know. Fireburner is a great coach, right? So there must be a reason that they're doing these things. But, like, visually, from someone who doesn't have any information, it's just kind of confusing. Um, because that was what I heard it was for Torment. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it'll be interesting because everyone talks about, you know, waiting for Beast Mode and Daniel to link up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, has, has Daniel won a regional yet? I don't believe so. And he started just this fall, right? No, he was, was he was at, um, he was at Worlds. He was. Okay, so it was last fall he started. It has been over a year for him competing. Yes. As um, far as I understand, I don't think that he played in the... Yeah, no. Um, Sipical played with them in the fall split, and then Sipical moved to 
um, yeah. okay. phase. But yeah, so they pulled Daniel in for the winter split last year. So he played the winter split and then he played um then he and, and then he played, you know, the the spring split and the 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 finals with with them, but they've been I'm just checking. They've been runner up, fourth place. I say that because he's such a talented player. Um yeah. but I don't think that he has had that level of success yet. I think he's in like that first killer stage where you're like trying to find you know you're insane but you're trying to find your footing into how you can have the most impact and how your team can get the most value out of you. And obviously, I mean, I've never seen people play the game the way Beast Mode does. Uh, it's just very, when I watch it, I'm just, it's kind of like shock and awe when you're watching it. I know it sounds weird, but he's so, he knows the game so well that he'll jump from awkward angles and like really, He's really able to just curl himself around balls that in the air and on the ground that are just that don't seem like they're going anywhere and he can just turn it into something and having two of those players on your team um is is very very scary it's just about that cohesion right can can they play defensive enough um and that could be part of the factor right is daniel is naturally just solid defensively um, compared to a lot of younger players who come up what set daniel apart was the all-aroundness he's not just a prolific scorer and attacker he's also so defensively sound he's a great second man he's great at passing um and beast mode is supposed to be all those things as well so it, it in on paper it has to make sense um but you know Playing is a lot different than paper. Yes, it is. That would be. I'd be pissed if I was LJ. That's who. I, uh, that's the story there. <laughs> yeah. What, what about LJ? What happened to LJ? Yeah. Well, they they, they miss out on major. Um, they retain sixth place in the overall rankings. But you know, another team that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing back, kind of in the in the major the major competition, would be complexity. I think that mm-hmm. the South America offensive style is a lot of fun to watch. CRR and Rays Bull have been playing fantastic. Uh, Dorito has not been slacking as w- either. So, or not Dorito. I'm sorry. That's um, AJG. Yep, you're right. But <laughs> they, I, I thought that they looked really good in the last regional. You know, up until they played Phase. But I don't know how much of that is just Phase being dominant or them not playing well. But I'm excited to see how they go. Yeah, Cole's like the slept on team for me right now. Um, that, you know, everyone sees doing well, but for some reason isn't considering a threat. And I think that's just because they haven't won yet. You know, I think they, for their own sake and, and for, you know, their team's sake, I think they need to put up a regional win. Um, because, you know, teams view them as scary until I think till they get to the finals. And then, unfortunately, that South America play style, even though it's exciting to watch, it, it's very, very, very difficult to consistently execute um, yeah. against, you know, let alone Europe, but definitely in A. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you're seeing that in FURIA. I think FURIA are kind of learning 
a little bit of a hard lesson that you know you can't just add a mechanical player to your team and all of a sudden it just makes you better there's you know i think card and kayo had that long time history of playing together and they understood what gen g understood kind of that like force that force play where they know how to force the ball to each other and keep possession and I think, you know, taking away that long time synergy really threw a wrench into things um, to the point where now you might even see like Kayo or I'm sorry, Card, I think is the one that's remaining. Yeah. Um, Card be the one potentially moving because of frustration. So like, I hope not, but because um, I think what Fury had going was real good. I, I don't know why they decided to make a move, but. Um, yeah, that's South American play style. It's tricky. It's very tricky. Any Anytime you have to consistently put yourself in a spot where you need to m make very, very difficult mechanical plays in order to have success in a, in a high-level threes environment with low boost, it's just not a good formula. Yeah. As exciting as it is to play and... Watch. And, and fun and watch. Yeah, it's it's... Maybe if you're like, you know, that TAS bot that does mechanics for you perfectly. Yeah. In theory, like that play style would work. But with the human error, it's really, really difficult to nail those finite mechanics. I mean, Jan looks like a robot. I'm going to be honest. He is <laughs> insane with his plays. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Sam's tough to master. Yeah. And then the last team I'll talk about in specifically here is... Um... Team Liquid. I've kind of jumped on the Team Liquid bandwagon. I've, you know, predicted them. You to, should. <laughs> I've predicted them to win the last two majors in EU, and they make grand finals. So, or I predicted them a grand finals and then a win. I, I think that they're another one of those teams. Like, I feel like no one's really talking about them in EU. They're in second place. They, they're coming off a regional win. I, I think that they look good. I think they're only maturing as a team as opposed to, like, all of the, like, the three individual mechanical players like we've talked like we talked about. But I really like that the way that they're playing. The mechanics really bring a different dimension to their offense. I'm excited to see what they do, and I'm excited to see them play live. Yeah, me too. I, I think Liquid's one of the more underrated teams. Um, you know, they all mechanical, all young, all, you know, they have a good coach, and I believe it's Xpair. Yep. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Xpair. I'm sorry. Uh, it's probably like S. Patty or something like that. I don't know. He, French, he said X Fair was good for uh, English speakers, but it has a, it a different pronunciation in in the lang in you know his language. Yeah, I love the French language, so um, <laughs> I'd like to hear it. But yeah, X Fair is a great coach, and I, I think you know I think we're gonna see an EU dominant major. I, I do. I think. Um, you know, I think the EU teams are going to make up a majority of the final day. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if that could work out because of the groups. So if I studied the groups, then that might not be as true just because, you know, I don't... It, it, it ended up play, seeing, like, what EU powerhouses play each other, like what matchups they get. Because I think if you just put the EU teams versus the NA teams, one through four, like, I think EU would win. Definitely in, like, I think you have to favor Liquid against Coal. I think you have to favor Oxygen against, so it's FaZe, Coal. Who's the third team? G2? For what? 
Uh, for the third seed for Europe. Uh, third seed for NA is G2, right? Yes. Yeah, so you have to favor Oxygen versus G2. G2 really struggle against Europe competition. Anytime they play them, they're struggling. Yeah, Phase, um, Gen G, Complexity 3, G2 tied for third, and then Dignitas fifth. Phase, Complexity, Gen G. Gen G, uh, Phase 1, Gen G2, and then Complexity and G2 are tied for third. Oh, okay. And then Dignitas okay. is fifth. Yeah, I just think if you match the European teams up across the board, that Europe is favored. I think Carmine, you have to favor over Phase. Gen G over, um, who was the second European team again? I'm sorry. My Liquid. brain is so scattered. Yeah. Gen G over, over Liquid. Right now, you'd have to favor Liquid. I would agree. Um, and then that follows up with Oxygen. And then you have Oxygen. Cole, you have to think Oxygen there. Yep. Vitality uh, is fourth. Vitality against G2. Yep. I mean, that's a history matchup. You know that Vitality take that one. And then G1. I know that these are just... Yeah, G1 and Diggs, tough to predict. I think G1, they play goal line heavy, so that'll be interesting to see how NA handles that. NA does not always play that way, but sometimes they end up stacking like that. Um, yeah, I, I just think EU is entering the major with more teams that could win it than NA is um, in the current form, and... I don't know. I, I, I'm EU heavy this land, which I wasn't in previous lands. I was NA heavy up until like the last few splits. I think it's dramatically swung as the, the mechanical level goes up in Europe. The the gameplay will just they'll just go farther and farther from NA because I don't think NA has the positional stuff down. And even if they started NA's ranked system is just like the ranked players or the six man's players or the bubble players and the Players basically outside the top eight, um, in my opinion, really are struggling with how to properly play at the high level. And it's not, they're not even starting to learn it in ranked. All they're really focusing on in seemingly six mans in ranked is just mechanics. And when you have a system set up the way RLCS is, where you play four times in nine months to make land, you heard that right. Four, if you're an open team, you have four chances to make regional in nine months. There's, there was two, and then the Invitational for fall, and there was two in winter, and then now the Winter Major. There's been four qualifier matches in nine months. So with that, on top of NA already, you know, struggling to understand how to play at the farther back you go in terms of, like, team ranks, when you add on to the top that they don't, like, it's not starting in rank. You know, the, the habits being shown by players in ranked are not indicative of like top level play so i don't know how you know na is gonna grow any new players understanding the game differently when the ranked system and the ranked play style in na is just broken it's just a bunch of people trying to be mechanical there's no focus on defense or you know uh, staying in the play or anything it's go for your it's go for your solo play go get boosts go for your solo play, go get boost. And Europe is not like that. It's, you know, it's, you know, your solo play at first, and then, uh, you know, your, your teammates following up, and then you're following up your teammate, and, like, there's a lot more of a flow to what they're doing at, at the bubble slash, um, you know, like, 
outside of the top eight. I think just the European scene is has the fundamentals going more and it has more of a chance at fostering new talent than NA does right now just for some weird reason. That could flip, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm anti-NA today, I guess, for some reason. <laughs> well, but that being said, let's uh, I'll, I'll shift quickly to uh, the winter, the San Diego Major. Uh, first off, are you going to be there? Still up in the air right now. Probably not, um, just because I have some things going on. However, I will be at the spring one for sure, and probably Worlds, but okay. which will be like my first events in a few years. So I'm kind of nervous. Okay. But um, if I don't end up making it to San Diego, I will definitely be at the next ones. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, I got to ask, um, I'll do uh, predictions. So like, who do you think is going to win the, the event? And then give me like one hot take, like one thing that you think could happen, but you know, a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, all right, let me, let me pull up the groups. I want to try and be accurate here. Cause I know there's some, the groups are rough. I don't know if you guys have seen them. The groups are real rough. Yes, they are. <clears throat> um, and only uh, so one is each eliminated through groups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three three advanced. One is eliminated. So I mean, if you want to do it, we can do. Who do you think's eliminated from each group, and then who do you think's winning the whole thing? Um. Sure. I, I think. I think that group D group is going to drastically. Group D and B, like how teams finish in that, is going to basically structure the entire bracket. Yes. So where Casey, Vitality, and Falcons all fall, I think will dictate who I favor. Um, And like Group B's... So... Oh, God. (laughs) So if you assume that Group B's first place is Carmine... Um, like, and Liquid win theirs, right? And their Liquid's group is, uh, no offense, but for them should be easy. They're on the same side of the bracket. So both of the teams I think are winning the whole thing, which are Liquid or Carmine, um, you know, they're on the same side of the bracket in that case. So it's tough. I I think. Wait, no. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So. I, so tough. I, like, I want to pick Carmine just flat out. But, you know, I haven't seen Falcons play in a while. And they're always a question mark. You know, they can win the whole thing or drastically affect how the bracket looks based on how they win in that group. Um, they're the huge X factor and they're thrown into the group with the two two of the top EU teams and Dig, right? Yeah. So I think Dig's in a lot of trouble. Um I'd probably pick Dig to be eliminated from that group. Um, I think you're going to see um, Crew probably eliminated from that phase group. That's a scary group, though, if you're G2. Yes, it is. That's a really scary group because your phase matchups haven't gone well. You Your European matchups haven't gone well. And Crew is like an unknown, a complete unknown. Um, you have to think that they, they had beat crew. The problem is if they don't against the other ones, that's, you're in a scary scenario. 
I mean, if you're a G2 fan, you 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 have to beat Crew. Yeah, if, if you lose to Crew, you're you're you might be out. I would go so far to say if they lose to Crew, they will be out. Yeah, they uh, they could very well be. Um, it, it's hard to say. Um, so I think I'll stick with, I think G2 are doing, gonna do fine. I think Crew's probably gonna be eliminated from Group A. Dignitas from Group B. I love say, um, SSA, but Gaming Gladiators just aren't there yet. Um, you know, hopefully they take the experience, valuable time, and work on themselves, but I have to pick them from C. And then D, um, I'm worried. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be Oxygen, and I don't think it's going to be Pioneers. Um, I think one of the NA teams in Group D is not going to make it out. Um, and it, it could be, like, it, if I had to pick between Cole or Gen G being eliminated at LAN, I think I would lean Cole just because I think Gen G at LAN... You know, you have to favor them. They have to favor the confidence, you know, the, the experience. And Cole is kind of just coming into their own as a team. They're just starting to feel that confidence. They're just starting to get that winning pressure. And this might be the first land that they're at where they really feel like they can win. And I think, you know, if that's your experience in a, in a group that's really tough, you're probably not going to win it. Um, so I think I'd have to lean Cole, probably eliminated from Group D, because I, I respect Pioneers. I think, you know, the OCE teams throw a wrench into things. They usually get at least an upset. And when you have a team like Cole that's Sam playstyle-ish, um, you know, that Australian style can mess with you, and you're not used to it. And Interesting. You throw an Oxygen and G1 in there, so... Yeah, and then for my winner, so eliminations are Crew, Dig, Gaming Gladiators, Cole. And then I think for the winner, uh, I want it's Carmine or Liquid, I think, for me. Okay. Um, I don't know who to choose. They're on the same side of the bracket, so I'm assuming when they play each other, the winner of that will win the whole thing. Okay. Which is a cop-out answer. But... Yeah, that's fair. I think I just think both of those teams are just in form right now. It's it's their major to win. Okay. Um, A's could do it. A's could do it. But like I said, I have to stick with my word. I've been yapping about EU all all podcast long. It'd be stupid for me to pick the NA team. Can't do that. Well, I mean, if Gen G ends up, you know, winning their group, and you know, Phase ends up winning their group, I mean, they'll they could play in the semifinals. It's it's entirely possible that it's NA versus EU. I think that's probably how they set that up a little bit. That, yeah, and that's why I don't want Gen G, or I'm not high on Gen G right now because they have to go through phase most likely to make it, and they've been getting rolled by phase lately. Double, like almost double four O's, so. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I'm interesting take with the, with the complexity, though, because Pioneers aren't even the best uh, the best team in their region right now. Uh, you know, fi uh -oh. finally I may have messed up. I thought they were Ground Zero. Does KCP has... have Banana Head? Uh, Ground Zero picked up Super Locky from Pioneers, and Pioneers is now Scrub, Banana Head, and Hunter. Yeah, I still like them. Yeah, and I still... okay. Ground Zero picked up Super Locky from from Pioneers, and they won the first two regionals, and Pioneers took the took the last one, but. 
I mean, Ground Zero comes in as the number one OCE seed. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I still think that Pioneers are better. Okay. I mean, I just, like, we, we've seen kind of, I, I kind of thought that the Renegades team from Worlds would do a little bit better than they did. I, I liked that team. I liked the, you know, CJ brought a lot to, and the experience and a lot, a lot to that roster. So I kind of, I saw them going a little bit farther than they did, but I, I'm not sure. Pioneers had a, had a very poor showing at the last regional or at the last, uh, major event. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they, that they're able to do better this time, but I'm, they would have to be my pick for group D. Oh, you think pioneers are, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, I, I mean, I kind of hope so. I want Cole to win. Uh, I do. But I didn't want to be boring and <laughs> just be like, you know, all the, all the, because I, I think it's, I'm hoping for Cole that they continue on their win streak because I think NA needs it. I think so too. Um, and Cole deserve it. You know, they've worked so hard the past three years um, to get to where they're at and it made a roster move and it, and you know, they they've come from South America. They're still two out of their original three rosters. And they're they're starting to find success. I really want them to continue it. It's just that in this scenario in particular, with the groups that the way it is and it being your your first land that you can really win, sometimes the nerves can get to you beforehand. And you know, a team like that that is just kind of wonky compared to what you're used to can just throw you off the whole day. Yeah, for sure. So then. My last, uh, my last question for you, um, a hot take, like, you know, something that made, like, for me, my hot take the last uh, regional event was uh, Gen G don't make grand finals for NA, and then I had uh, Liquid win their, their regional for EU, something that people didn't really see happening, but, you know, you're, like, you're, you sound like you're pretty high on complexity, so maybe that's, you know, complexity making, you know, top four or something similar to, to that. A hot take. Hmm. Um. Hmm. I don't mean to put Let's, you on the spot. I'm sorry. I think Falcons could totally flip this major upside down. I don't know if that's a hot take. I mean, I think it is. I don't um, think many people are talking about Falcons making a deep run. Um. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of quiet, but they have the experience. They they've kind of tapered off a bit. I haven't been following like Middle East as much. Um. I know that there was the controversy around them coming in second, having or winning, or there's some controversy around points. Like one team won, but it didn't matter in the Middle East. I don't know if you yeah. followed that story. So rule one: in order to make the major had to win the last regional event and they needed uh Falcons to lose in the quarterfinals. And so if Rule 1 had lost one of their group matches and gotten second in their group, then they would have played and then won round 1 in the playoffs, they would have played Falcons in the quarterfinals and they could have eliminated them and gone to the major by winning, but they didn't throw the match, so they won their group, so they were on the opposite side of the bracket, so they played them in grand finals and they ended up winning, but it didn't matter because Falcons also made a grand finals. I see. Um, oh, that makes a lot more sense. 
So it, yeah. like, it sparked the whole, like, you know, a lot of NA pros were like, oh, I would have thrown the match if it w- if it would have meant I would have had a better chance at, Of course, you know, the NA player should say that. I know, but, like... Oh, dear. Why, why, do you have a, why do you have a format where that's, like, you could potentially reward someone by throwing matches? It just doesn't make sense. But that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my overall hot take will be that EU strongly outperforms NA in this major. Okay. That's a good one. I like it. I've been advocating it all podcast long, but yeah, I'll just put it out there plainly. I think I think NA is going to be surprised, and I think Europe is poised to take over. But the, phase could make me eat my words real hard. We'll see. Depends on which phase shows up. If you're going to get fourth clan, or if you're going to get back to back regional champion phase. Yep, exactly. Well, I mean, listen. If fourth if fourth clan shows up. Gen G wins. That's that's the only take I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot take. It is. But that that was uh that's all the questions I have. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us again. I I love hearing your analysis and your commentary and thanks for for dealing with with the two of us answering our questions. <laughs> ah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I always like you said, I always like to come on anytime you guys want to talk. I'm always around. I'll make time. Awesome. And then I got to ask again, because we've asked you before, didn't know if you wanted to change your answer at all. Uh, when is the best time to go boost over ball? Boost over ball. Um, yeah, I'll keep the same answer. Okay. When you're boost starving. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. You that much. was fun as hell. Yeah. yeah, it was. Always a great time. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for taking the time to uh, listen to this conversation that we had with Karma. Um, I know I personally really enjoy all of her takes. I enjoy her analysis, her in-depth uh, kind of thoughts, and the way that she approaches Rocket League. So I'm, we hope that you guys enjoyed just as much as we enjoyed doing it. So uh, thank you again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating us. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter to join our Discord. And we have uh, some lots of exciting content coming up, including uh, quite a few uh, ideas and shows that we have in mind for the San Diego Major. So we're hopeful to bring you some live content uh, from the event and some cool interviews there as well. So uh, please stay tuned. we got a lot of exciting content to come. And remember to always choose Boost over Ball. Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast. 